0: This is Going the Ultra Mile, I'm Keelan Harrington and my guests, a bit of a different format this week, today is Brian D. Ridgway and his student, Otmar Braunecker. Welcome to the show, guys, and thank you so much for joining me.
1: Aloha, thanks Keelan.
2: Hi Keelan, thank you so much.
0: So this is a bit of a different format because, Otmar, you and I connected through London Real and then you said, I've got a guy and I need you to... Hear his story and bring him on the show because he has an amazing knowledge to share with people. So, Brian, very pleased that you joined me. And for our audience, just a bit of context. You have an amazing journey in its own right. But right now, you know, you're known worldwide in, what, 84 countries to tens and thousands of people as like the spellbreaker. You've been a best-selling author and you've dedicated your life to helping people transform. Why are you doing this? What is your story? And tell us a little bit more about all that.
1: Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad we have 24 hours for the show uh, for me to cover all that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. As, as for the first, why I'm doing what I'm doing, I reached the place in my life, Keelan, where I'm just doing what I am. I literally couldn't stop. If I were to say I'm walking away from it and I were to go sit down at the beach you know, near my house, someone would sit down beside me within a few seconds and say, I don't know why, I just feel like I can tell you what my story here is. Brian, and I would be doing it again. So it's really, I'm just doing what I am. And as far as the story, two threads that that I can run through very briefly. The first one is I had a severely abusive childhood. Um, When I say severely, the first 17 years of life, it was mentally, physically, and emotionally getting my butt kicked every day for 17 years, guaranteed. So I just lived in a pretty, pretty intense suffering situation simultaneously though, I discovered really early around three years of age that I was able to do something I didn't know. Initially, most people couldn't do it, but I was able to look at someone, listen to them for a few seconds and see how they were holding themselves back in a really profound way. And even with my vocabulary at that age, I was able to show them and tell them. So I really freaked a lot of people out. And, um, People either thought I had a demon or an angel or that I was from another planet. Like, no, nobody can do this, let alone a child. How is he able to do this? And it was a curse, really, for the next 40 years, almost, that I had this gift because I had no filter and I didn't know when to use it, when not to use it. I didn't. I just loved people. I looked at them. I could see their pain and I would go into helping them without waiting to be invited. And uh, f- much later in life, I developed some wisdom about that and it became my, a gift actually. But so I, because of the pain I went through, I got into self-help at a very early age and I spent over 30 years. Self-help wasn't a pursuit or a luxury, it was literally my life. Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars I invested, tens of thousands of hours. When I wasn't working or sleeping, I was working on myself and my life got worse and worse and worse. Nothing addressed the deepest pains that I had from that childhood. And so I ended up in 2011, January 3rd, 1030 in the morning. I'll never forget with a literal awakening experience where I woke all the way up, all the inner work I had done, all the quantum physics, all the self inquiry just turned on. And I stepped into living this literally miraculous life. And I'm helping other people that want it to do the same.
0: Well, that is definitely what I would call a synopsis of the entire story. But I think very relatable to a lot of people. And something I'd like to just... uh, When you were saying all that, I find it fascinating how it was a moment for you. Whereas, speaking from my experience on a personal level, and a lot of friends that I've conversed with over the years... You know, I, I've noticed the process was more kind of like going to the gym. You do it for a while, you do it consistently, and I'm not quite sure when, but one day you wake up and you're in shape. You know, it's not like you go to the gym on a Tuesday, have 20 hours of workouts, and suddenly, hey, I'm, I'm, I've got a six-pack and I'm healthy. And for me, that same inner journey and that process, it was, I think it was over 10 years. And then there was definitely some critical moments for them in particular. And then when they came together, it created this aha moment. And my own life took off in a very separate and different direction. But um, for you, it was very clear and concise. You had a moment and then suddenly it went switch. And then what happened after that? You had a very short space of time and suddenly you end up?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I I went from hell for 46 years to instantaneously, I was living in heaven on earth. It, it was beyond anything I could imagine. I actually was homeless at the time and at the lowest point. And eight days later, I was on an all-expense paid cruise in the Bahamas, living my dream. And then 60 less than so 59 days after that, I was living in Hawaii and where I've been, again, just living, I'm on the nose of a rocket aimed constantly at, into awesomeness at light speed. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like life doesn't still happen for me. It's just that I have this awareness to be able to understand how and why it's happening and just process it and fly through it. Whereas before, I mean, it was it was hell on earth. My life really was immense suffering.
0: So to go from that to where you are now requires a lot of emotional, mental, and spiritual strength to carry out that journey because what everybody knows at this stage of life, well, well, when you have a certain amount of life experience, should I say, that it's hard because it's a journey you have to undertake yourself. No one can do it for you. And I think a lot of people have become accustomed to externalizing their happiness outside of themselves by materialistic things, relationships, friendships, the need for approval, conforming to expectations of other people. And when that, Um, strength is given from you to someone or something else. When the crumble comes as it did for you and you ended up in a bad place and you got to do the rebuilding, it's you on your own. So what advice could you give somebody who's at that point in their life where they're facing an uphill it seems impossible you know, whilst there's many things you could obviously advise, what's one nugget you could say, look put this as a North star and it's going to help
1: you. Beautiful question. I would say that it doesn't matter what you're going through. And, and this may sound trite, but there's an anchor that that's going to be in the end of it. No matter what you're going through, you mm-hmm. are going through it. And just remind yourself first and foremost, I'm actually going through this. I'm not stuck in this. Nothing's permanent. So that old phrase, this too shall pass is a phenomenal anchor to always be able to grab no matter what. doesn't matter how great it looks or how terrible it looks, this is going to pass. And then if you choose presence over thinking in your habitual ways, if you choose presence, if you go into breathing and you become aware of your body and you tune in, reminding yourself, I am in a temporary moment In a universe that we're all learning is energy. There's nothing physical. There's nothing permanent here. I'm in a universe that's energy. This will pass. And if I'm choosing presence, I am always going to find the guidance, the wisdom that's always here. And I can literally, with a straight spine and deep breath, I can make it through anything that arises. It's really that simple for me.
0: And whilst that sounds simple, you know, to the people listening, explain a little bit more what you do from a teaching basis, because you use the word energy and you use the word being present in moments and not overthinking. And I understand that from a deeper uh, study of psychology and sciences that I've done. But I can remember in a little bit more of my naive years, you know, you'd hear words like that and you'd be like, energy. All right. Okay. What's, you know, it sounded fluffy. So could you unpack that a little bit? Tell us what you teach, what that process is and, and just a little bit about it to put context in it for those that perhaps don't understand this.
1: Yeah. Another beautiful question, Keelan. And I'll tell you what, you know, obviously it's your, it's your show and you know, your audience. So perhaps if I, you know, if I say it from a certain angle, you may have a clarifying question, of course. This is this is really where I'm coming from. For the last 400 years, the planet, the entire planet has been ruled and run and operated in every university that's available to us, every training ground, medicine, military, everything. Governmental schools are based in a paradigm that was given to us by Newton that has been completely utterly disproven. <laughs> the for for Thousands of years, at least, if not forever, the wisest among us knew there's no physical universe here. There's nothing physical and hard and solid. This is a, a universe that's made of energy. The reason it sounds fluffy and woo woo to us is because we're all programmed, quite literally programmed by an educational system that's rooted in the Newtonian paradigm, which says we're in a giant machine. Spirit is, you know, an illusory idea. And we're in a giant clock machine that's just going to grind us to death over the years. Whereas now, in the last several decades, even quantum physics has discovered, it doesn't matter if you go into an atom of lead or an atom of hydrogen or an atom of helium. When you go down into, or gold for that matter, when you go down into the atom, you encounter a place where there is nothing physical. And so if there's nothing physical in any element, then we are in a u- universe of energy doesn't matter what you build out of non-physical energy doesn't matter how solid it looks it's still non-physical energy so the reality i find is and this is where my clients and the people that follow my work literally find themselves living miraculous lives that they've heard of and dreamed of i don't help them solve problems i help them dissolve the illusion of problems when you realize There is no physical universe here. It's undeniable. Quantum physics has verified it. Then suddenly, that whole Newtonian paradigm gives way in your mind, and you actually see, oh, wait a minute. This is a universe of energy of infinite possibilities, and I'll sum it up by saying this. Whereas for the last 400 years, the idea of energy was woo-woo and fluffy and foo-foo and far out, I find... It's actually the most practical, pragmatic approach to life. And for the people and businesses, companies that are open to consider it, their problems and constraints disappear. Because their constraints and problems are a function of the Newtonian paradigm, which is false. Well,
0: I'll be the first to admit, uh, I wouldn't be educated enough to take it into a granular detail level. Now, I did study sciences in college, which comprised of physics, maths, chemistry, biology, microbiology and all that stuff. And it's definitely an area I'd have to investigate a lot more time into understanding my own ignorance rather than, you know, just standing solid in what I now know. I do know this, however, and that is that... And there's a philosophical and a scientific crossover and approach you can take to this. You will get the result out of where you focus your time and efforts and energy the most. You know, kind of like going to the gym. If you do sit down and only train biceps, well, biceps is all that's going to develop, you know? So if you're sitting down locked in a sell of your mind that there's no way out of this. This is a terrible situation. I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not worthy. I've suffered this. I don't have that. Someone's better than me. You will get the result of exercising that thought pattern. Now, you know, that's the... That's the the theology side of it. And if you change, you know, that expression, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You change those friends, you change those circumstances, you take that dramatic action, you get different results. And we've seen that all across multiple stories, our own personal journeys, as well as the people that we've been inspired by and followed over the years. In saying that, you do come down to the likes of your Newtonian physics. And, you know, one of those laws is, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And you look at the ideas of how particles are arranged and you've got protons, neutrons, electrons, Yens, Mills particles, and so on and so forth. And we've got so many more that we've now come to observe in the Large Hadron Collider and the likes of your Higgs boson. And we know there's many more, and this will go on for quite a long time as our technology develops. We do have the concept, there is the concept in... Um, in um, non-linear dynamics, in string theory, that at the center of every subatomic particle at its core is what they've described as a filament uh, from like a light bulb and that that is a vibrating string and depending on the environment around this, how that shapes and molds that, string quote-unquote at that particular moment in time determines what type of a particle it is and that breaks open into a sequence of events that determines what kind of element that becomes and how many of them come together, whether you've got an atom uh, of hydrogen, oxygen, helium, beryllium, phallium, so on and so forth. So I know from what you've said I can see the links But without being, I think, a PhD in biophysics or chemistry, I can't break it down further. But I can definitely see the merit and the value, and I understand this. And whatever version of the English language we want to use here, which is always open to misconception because words are very complex in their own right, you've definitely used words and an idea that points at a concept. And I understand the concept deeply, that essentially the bottom line you're going to get out what you put in and make of that whatever you want. That resonates with me and I'm sure to a lot of listeners. So definitely needs a lot more scope and work for me to understand it on a deeper level, but it it resonates with me and and I hope that that's put some bit of a clear picture on the table in my layman's terms of the scientific breakdown a little bit. So, look, following on from that, we're now here with Otmar, who's your student. uh, Otmar, would you like to please explain to me how you came to know Brian? What sort of an impact that had in your life? I know you're growing your podcast and fill us in a little bit more on how the trajectory of your life has changed by taking on the principles of Brian.
2: Yeah, so first of all, um, it was back in 2014, I was into online marketing and that's how I, I got aware of Brian because he was uh, speaking or joining some events where he, yeah, he was uh, on stage. I would say, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't attend, and so I took a, a mm-hmm. made some research about him, and I got right away hooked on these ideas. What you? Two people were just talking about. And yeah, then I joined the first program. And it was called Conscious Creation. And only this name already attracted me. And it took 12 weeks. And in the middle of this program, I planned actually to go to Uganda, where I met a woman before. I mean, I met her online. And I was really in fear. So I just have to tell you first, I got, uh, I was in, uh, sorry, when I'm looking for the word sometimes, German is my native language and sometimes it doesn't come straight away. But I I went through a crisis, let's make it short. I was, uh, I had an inflammation of the heart muscle. I had panic attacks, a lot of things going on at this moment in my life. And I didn't even want to go on this plane because there's too many things what you can get in Uganda, (laughs) diseases and whatsoever. And I was really scared of going there. And I have to say, I, I really attribute this step that I did it to this program, what I did with Brian, that he helped me really with all his tools to dissolve my fears and finally i went there to uganda i married this woman i have two children with her now and yeah we are living here in austria austria happily ever after (laughs) um yeah that's a beautiful story Story as short as possible, because the story is, is, is really much longer. I could easily write one or two books about it.
0: <laughs> well, listen, and I know that as well from knowing your background a little bit more. But I mean, in short. You're taking the time to assess why you were in a place in your life, having that self-awareness enough to do something about this and take the action to seek yeah, a coach, a mentor from the martial arts. I'm used to the term sensei. I grew up in the martial arts and the first person that changed my life was a a man, Professor Rick Clark, sensei Rick Clark. He took me under his wing and I traveled the world with him and went on all sorts of adventures. But the thing is, it translates, sensei translates into one that's gone before you. And we need that in our lives. I think it's admirable. There's a lot of people have this resistance to going on a program or, you know, further educating themselves or seeking this help, you know? And there's a lot of blockages and reasons why. But if we want to learn something about history, we openly know we need to go to a history teacher. Or if we want a beautiful piece of woodwork made, we know we need to go to a craftsman and a woodworker that they're gonna do it to a degree that we're not. And similarly, you know, if we look at people like Brian that have, you know, gone from one point in their lives to another point, Logically, and they're teaching this, logically, we know that that's going to be uh, perhaps a tool that we can use. And you were aware enough to do that. So for that, I appreciate and admire what you've done because it takes a lot of strength to do this. And then by doing this, it literally changed the course of your life. I mean, you had all this internal resistance and these fears placed upon you from external um, influences that could have caused you to not get on that plane. And instead, you got, you took action and you, you found your wife, you married her, you've got children. So it's fair to say that, you know, Brian changed your life. And and, and, that, that, that's, and that's a beautiful sentence to be able to say. Because Brian, something I'd like to say to you is, I can remember my sense saying to me something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, Keelan, if you can change the course of just one person's life in this world, you know that you've done your job. You know, there's no hitch on the hearse. You cannot take anything with you. And I was 15 or something when he first said it to me. And I was like, yeah, I understand this. But when you get that person, and it happened to me as well, that says it. You know, I'm very thankful because you changed my life. Or, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. There's a sense of pride in that. And uh, knowing you've done a good job. You're not looking for a pat in the back. You're not looking to have it shouted back to you from tens of thousands of people. But when you do hear us in the privacy of your own time, you know, hey, man, I've done this. We're very negative as people and we we hit ourselves with negativity, but I've learned it's important to stop off and go, hey, I got that run rice. Right. So I want to say. From that outside perspective, well done to you for, for that happening because it's beautiful when we see these things happen because there's a lot of negativity out there and it's really important that we stop and acknowledge the positivity. So, applause to the two of you for changing your lives and essentially each other's lives. And now, Brian, you're impacting tens of thousands of people worldwide.
1: What does that feel like to you? Yeah, it makes what I went through worth it. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing in my life. The All the suffering that I went through, I look back and I see every time I'm in front of another person. And, you know, you, you said some really key words there, Keelan, like the, the don't need the pat on the back. And then when you hear it, I, I'll tell you the highest, the highest moments in my life. Uh, my own, I have six kids. Uh, my youngest is nine and my oldest is 30. Oh. So, yeah, I've oh. quite a range. And my kids actually look at me and say how grateful they are for the work that I'm doing, the fruits that it has in their lives. And my grown daughter, who is 24, uh, is on almost every session. When I do a lot of public free sessions um, online, a lot of Facebook lives. And she's on almost every one. And she's she's not my biggest cheerleader because she's my daughter. She's actually my biggest cheerleader because of the difference in her life. And uh, there's a phrase that came up, you know, that old thing about mind over matter, right? Mind over matter. Yeah, That is a key to understanding this. When, when people have a moment where they say, Whoa, how did this person accomplish that impossible thing? That must be mind over matter. I would say that's, a peak in a window it's it's a gap that's indicating to us something infinitely more to me than mind over matter but for someone who's literally in matter that's all they they can imagine and see and so yeah. basically yeah basically anybody uh can have experiences that otmar had and beyond that with or without communicating with me so, you know, I'm, I'm I'm here to help as many people step into literal freedom as I possibly can. And I'm no longer attached to it. I just celebrate every second, every minute when it happens.
0: That's beautiful. And what I love there is the resonation to your children. Because uh, for me, my life changed when my son was born. I can remember him being born. I can remember holding him. He was three and a half minutes old. And I said to myself... I have a long way to go. It was like a recognition suddenly of the patterns that have occurred throughout my upbringing, my circumstances that I was repeating. And I realized I have to change these patterns in order for my son to have a life that's different to the one I had. Because some of the sentences that I heard, again, this was through a process of time. It was... You know, when you were growing up, did you want to be like your parents? And the answer for me was no. Like, I'm very grateful for my parents, you know, and I know that they did their best and I, I do appreciate them for the good that was there. But being an adult and looking at certain things, I also realize where the mistakes were. Now, we're all human and I would never hold that against anybody, but being aware of it meant that I could change the pattern I was noticing about myself so that that wouldn't fall through to my son, you know? So that answer being no brought the next question, which was, do you want your son to grow up to be like you? And that answer was, hell no, you know? And a lot of people don't want to answer that honestly, but if you do and you sit with that, it's great. So you being much further on that particular journey with your children being older, it's beautiful. I, I, that's what I hope to have is that my son will say to me, you know, I'm very grateful, you know, or not that I want my son to be grateful to me, but that he is happy and proud of the father that has done his best to put out that life for him. So congratulations to you that you're having that, because I think that's probably the greatest prize you can hope to have out of a life. So 10 out of 10. So what's next? What is next? What is next for you, Brian? Brian?
1: You know, I this this is an interesting thing. And um, as I looked at what you're about, and I and I tapped into like how powerfully you have chosen to grab your life, you know, by the hairs and 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 step into it and really go. I saw the phrase goal setting, and and I'm I'm going to tell you something. Like I have immense respect for people who set a goal and really go for it. I have the highest respect. And I am in in no way uh, discrediting or minimizing the incredible power of goal setting, not whatsoever. It's just that for me, where I'm living and the, the discoveries that I'm making, the work that I have, I am so in the present moment now with the people that I'm helping and the people that show up for me next. It's kind of like, There was a, um, I heard Bob Proctor speak about this once, and I don't remember the person he was speaking of, but it it was one of the greats, one of the truly great uh, humans of the last century. That On their deathbed, this man said, I'm grateful to the idea that has used me. And that just stopped Hmm. me in my tracks. Like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. No, he didn't say I'm grateful to the ideas that came through me or the idea that this person shared. The idea that used me. And I heard Victor Hugo's quote, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And I see you just lay those two things over each other. And then for, for anyone who studies Joseph Campbell, uh, to me, literally one of my heroes through this life, uh, Joseph Campbell, the greatest scholar of mythology probably that's ever lived, He he revealed how throughout all history and prehistory, there were times when one dream or one idea came into multiple people in multiple continents when there wasn't intercontinental travel. Like These ideas came through somehow. And that there's an indicator of that we're certainly a part or an aspect of something much bigger. And that theme really kind of drives me. As far as what's next for me, it is the next person who shows up in front of me That says, Mm. I would like your help, that I know that when I assist them to undo this illusion, they're going to access their power to really affect the world and unmake, not from opposition, but to unmake this Newtonian paradigm that's holding billions of people quite literally prisoner of their minds and what they know. So that's where I'm at.
0: I really like that whole idea and concept because you know, you're taking the moment for what it is. And I, I'm a big fan of expressions and sayings because I think they've lasted the test of time for a reason. And you don't like, I've read religious scriptures. I've read quite a lot of them and you know, it's not that I'm particularly religious or anything, but I just like seeing what the information has to offer. And, um, if you look at the idea of being present in the moment, uh, there was a whole there was a whole section and uh Jordan B. Peterson speaks of it, right? And his whole he broke down the Adam and Eve story, and that the idea of, and again I'm paraphrasing, but that the idea of Shame came with the awakening of consciousness because it was only when they became conscious that they understood the idea of being naked and the idea of being naked, you know, f- filtered through the idea of shame. And where did that come from? So, when you speak about the idea of an idea coming from somewhere, you know, where does it come from? You know, that's, I think, where you're alluding. It is interesting. Because that expression, what's meant for you, won't pass you by, comes to my mind, do you know? There's a lot of indicators, as you said, that, you know, revolve around these concepts. And there's different languages, there's different scriptures, there's different stories, anecdotes. But it's been around for a long time, you know? And whatever the reason is, I most definitely don't know. And I don't think I ever will. But I definitely hear what you're saying. So I like that you're in the moment You have targets, but, you know, what's right for you and what's meant for you won't pass you by because as I've come to learn, as Otmar has come to learn, you never know what the result is of the other side of that conversation. So how could I have five years ago planned to sit down here and talk to you when five years ago my life was so far removed This couldn't even have been in the concept of things. And same for you, Brian, and same for Utmar. So I I like the concept and it resonates with me. But like you said, definitely set a goal. Because my other experience has been, unless you have um, a little bit of grounding and something to work towards, even on a small level, we then don't know when we're failing. Because we have that whole voice in our head that tells us, it's okay, you can take the day off. You can relax. You did enough. Uh, And then we can lure ourselves back into that whole uh, soft voice being turned up, not taking the action that we need to take sometimes. So having those little micro goals along the way keeps us in check. But I definitely agree with what you're saying and it resonates with me completely. What about you, Otmar? What's next for you?
2: What's next for me? Yeah, definitely want to grow my podcast, which I started a couple of weeks ago um and yeah it's about this what resonated uh, for me with Brian's work this part of liberation and freedom and that's what I'm working on at the moment to get this total personal freedom of yeah i know that i can choose in any moment what i want to experience still there's moments when i feel or perceive that i'm stuck somehow and that's how i feel at the moment a little bit with my job i'm still in a full-time job and i want to yeah be more like a business person like you two guys um to, to looks can be deceiving mine. let me tell you <laughs> yeah I'm 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 not saying that I want to copy paste I just want to create my own version <laughs> um, but I'm just on the way to figure out how this version looks like so I can tell you definitely I have yeah. not a clear plan at this particular moment but I definitely know that I'm on the where I feel that I'm on the path where I want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think the important part of that whole thing is un- is recognizing that, which is what you're very aware of. I think a lot of people as well with the way society has been set up of late. Again, this is my opinion, but it, it seems that we're very, um, we expect this, very quick fixes and our whole reward systems and the way our brain is operating at the moment, according to a lot of studies, we want that whole quick fix reward system. I want something now. Well, that means I want it yesterday and when I don't have it tomorrow, I kick my toys out of the pram. Whereas the beauty of what you said is that you're aware this is a process, it's mine, it's taking time. And I'm doing the work and you're able to acknowledge that, which to me, I think speaks volumes to how far you've probably come compared with if I would have had a conversation with you five years ago. So I also want to say absolute 10 out of 10 applause from, from my looking at the outside at you. And uh, by default in reflection, obviously, a lot of the influence you've had, Brian, as well. So is there, um, if you th- if the, if you're thinking about the man or woman that's at a crossroads in life where they're wondering, how do I oversee this? Or can it be me? You know, can I make this change? Brian, do you mind if I ask you what would be just a, again, a nugget of advice you could give to that person to give them a sense of direction to take action?
1: Beautiful. The first thing is always going to be to choose presence. and. Um, To not belabor the point, really, to keep it a nugget and still bring a little bit of flesh to the bone here. Uh, over these last 10 years that I've been doing this as a business, I was helping people. They were coming to me with a problem, and I would help them to dissolve it. Then I recognized I wasn't helping them solve their problems. I was helping them in a way. You know the old phrase, if you, te- if you give someone a fish, you fed them for a, a minute, yeah. right? But if you teach them to fish, now, if you show them how to teach other people to fish, you've created a new world. And i never heard anyone take it to that third step, right? So when I assist that person to consider the possibilities that they were never even able to consider based on their programming, that's when mm-hmm. I've done my work. So I tell people, become present. Take a few really deep breaths. And while you're doing it, feel your body and notice how you haven't been for the last several decades. Take those breaths and feel your body. Get out of all the thought and everything you think and believe that you know, which is bringing about everything you're getting on a level. Everybody knows this. I believe ultimately, Keelan, everybody knows that there's way more mind than matter running this show, no matter how far they're willing to go with it. So I say, Slow down, breathe, and feel your body. And as you do and you tune in, notice that everything quiets. All those things you knew start to fade as you just tune into the fact that you're getting in your body again. All that programming, all that pain we went through, all the ridicule, every time we skinned our knee as a kid, we said, oh, it's not safe in this body. You can get back in. And you obviously have done so, Keith. And I can see looking at you that you have done this to a great extent. And some of the things you're pulling off, evidence of it. Most people haven't. So breathe, get into that body, calm down, and then actually hold it there for a few minutes. Don't just rush right back into the fray. Give yourself a few minutes and you will always find, without exception, the voice of your true self that was always whispering to you, you never lost it. You were never without it. And you'll never have to wonder what to do.
0: Beautiful. And that actually really hit home with me because I can remember, again, speaking from my experience and I hope the audience can take from is what they will and disregard the rest if you if it doesn't resonate. But one of the most profound things that I did was I spent three days on a silent retreat, no phones, no communications in a room by myself, just brought some food, that was it, uh, I had a pen and paper, and a, a notepad, you know, and paper, uh, and a pen, and that was it. And it was so hard to do, and that's the thing that has been even difficult to explain to people when we've gotten into the conversation. I mean, you think weightlifting is hard, you think running 100 miles is hard, you think, you know, submerging in the ice is hard. I'm telling you, sit with yourself, and nothing else And it was the most difficult thing that I had to do. I noticed, you know, those other voices that I'd been switching off or being out of tune or being externalized, whatever version of that you want to take. I noticed that it had no other distractions. And I was forced to sit down with myself and go, okay, now I need to listen. And now this is coming up. Why is that coming up? And it was a great process. So I get it completely. And for anybody that thinks it's woo-woo, I challenge you, do 24 hours. Just even do 24 hours, never mind three days. Try and try and just be without your phone, without those distractions and see how far you come because I'm telling you, you get to the two-hour mark. Well, what you think is two hours. It might really only have been 30 minutes, but you get to say two hours and man, you're like, wow, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So um, resonates with me. And I hope it makes sense to people listening. We need to switch off. You know, we see each other. We're on phones. We're on computers. We're, you know, it's just there's so many distractions in the 21st century now. Mod cons and wizardry and all sorts of stuff. It's really become a thing that we stepped away from sitting with ourselves. And the breathing was another thing I'd like to just touch on for a second. Because that's become a big part of my practice. Especially doing my collaborating with uh, the Hoff Method. And for people that don't understand this, the way we breathe now is very different to how nature intended us to breathe. So we breathe on a level that's a bit more shallow Ergo, we're not bringing in as much oxygen as we could. And when you start doing that, the chain reaction it has in our body from a endocrine system, hormonal system, alkaline in the body. Again, I'm just touching on bullet points, but the whole science that's behind it, if you choose to Google or YouTube it, you'll see the benefits from it. And it's a really powerful thing combined with sitting with yourself. I think it'll bring a huge level of awareness that you might not necessarily come by otherwise.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that for one minute out to the, it, this is going to look to virtually anyone who isn't fully listening. This is going to sound like the ultimate woo-woo. I had this realization, Keelan, that everything you just said, I came at it from a very different, I, w- I was coming at it from how to get out of panic. I was dealing with people who were literally panicking, losing their stuff. And I had this realization, this more of a revelation one night, that when I breathe in, okay, I can think that I know what oxygen and hydrogen and helium and all these things. I can think I know what they are. I can think I know what atoms are. A lot of scientists think they know too. But when I get down to it, when I inhale, I'm breathing in quadrillions of flashing lights, subatomic flashing lights that just a moment ago or just a billion years ago were part of every animal that ever lived, every plant that ever lived, every star that has ever been born and died. I'm breathing them in and they're replacing the atoms that blew out with the last freaking breath. And they're going into my cells, which means that no matter how I slice it, no matter how I look at it, I can't deny physical simple reality that my body is made up of every plant every animal every star every planet that's wafting in and out okay and to begin to bring presence to that while you're going through your day with your computer and your phone and all the distractions to to start to be aware i'm stardust man that's not crazy woo that's simple physical reality and then and then when i go to the point that i don't know what those atoms are and i admit that i don't know what they are they might be what i've heard from some of the sages they might be living conscious energy not just little physical matter uh, like we were shown in grade school so what a place what a place what a place in time to be alive these revelations are coming in and i know Wim's doing this incredible work With the breath and really sharing that. And people are waking up to the fact that you know, when people breathe 12% of their lung capacity chronically, 90 plus percent of the people tested around the world at every age in every culture, 90 plus percent people breathing less than 12, less than 13% of their lung capacity. Our brains aren't working, our digestion is not working, our sanity isn't working. And you look around, you see, real quick, our society. (laughs) is it working very well and what a difference to be able to say let me stop for a minute you know you're sitting in front of your child and you're about to scream one breath is enough to not commit that scar on them so yeah we can change the world by breathing and waking up yeah uh
0: yeah It's just sad how that's not realized to its full extent, unfortunately, by most people. And it goes back to something you said, which is we all know it. But knowing it and really understanding it and implementing it are three completely different things. However, um, it's definitely worth having these conversations. It at least might steer somebody in the direction of investigating it further, unpacking this, taking from it what they will. And, you know, that's all that we can do. So I do appreciate you coming on and sharing this. Can I ask, so if people want to follow up on your stories and your journeys, Otmar, what's the podcast that they can check out from you?
2: So I call my podcast Smiling Conscious Traveler. So... The easiest way what I figured out is just type it in Google Smiling Conscious Traveller and it will pop up there all kinds of places, Facebook, um, my podcast, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: And people can deep dive more into your big extensive story that we didn't have 24 hours to discuss. (laughs) Yeah. And Brian... Uh, for people that want to follow up and see more what you do if they want to get in touch what's the easiest way
1: for them to do that? yeah, the easiest way so my uh my best selling book is uh it's available on Amazon. however, we give it away for free on my website, which is break your self help addiction break yourself dot com Kind of a joke about how everybody that's really fanatical about inner work calls themselves self-help junkies um i help them break it so that's available for free and if they go there they're going to get several free videos including how to breathe in the way that i spoke about uh, a lot of resources all free there
0: brilliant 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 and we'll be sure to put those links in the description anyway for people that want to click and follow on So Brian, Otmar, this has been a different format. I've really enjoyed this. I think it was awesome to have that idea of unity, you know, the different stories, the beginning of Brian, where you've gone to Otmar's beginning life, transformation, wife, children. I mean, it sounds beautiful. It's the the coming of the full circle and we won't we won't break that down into particle physics and the circle of the atom. We, We won't we won't freak people out, but it's been beautiful. And uh, thank you so much for both joining me. And I look forward to having you
1: on again in the future. Thank you, Keelan. I really enjoyed it, man. Great to meet you. Thank you so much. Likewise.